Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very rough and ready Charts with Dan. I am on the road this week. I celebrated New Year's with friends. I was originally going to do this as a pre-taped episode, but with everything that was going on with Avatar The Way of Water, I decided I didn't want to take the week off. So excuse these surroundings, which are, like I said, a little bit even more rough and ready than my usual road setup. But what this looks like isn't important. The box office numbers are what's important, and we have a lot to talk about with Avatar The Way of Water. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank, as always, and entering another year in partnership with them, Carbon Health. I'm happy to have them as my partner here on the show, and it's because I believe in what they do, which is to get healthcare to as many people as possible, as affordably as possible. If you download the Carbon Health app right now, you can see if there's a Carbon Health location near you. And if you find a Carbon Health location, there's so many different services they can provide, including immunizations, which are really important during this rough, cold, and flu season. Also on the app, you can do telehealth, so if there's not a Carbon Health location near you, or you happen to be away from one, you can still get consultation from a doctor and they keep spots open every single day for people to walk in because they understand that you can't always schedule your health care. So thank you as always to Carbon Health. I'm happy to be their partner here on the show. And let's get to the box office for this New Year's holiday weekend. Now these are estimated numbers because we don't have the finals in. Usually I would wait till tomorrow but I have a very special video that I want to put up on Wednesday. So I don't like to use estimates here on the show but that's just how it's going to be this week. Let's look first at the three-day weekend which in encompassed December 30th, then New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And as I mentioned, it was another big weekend for Avatar The Way of Water, plus 6% over last weekend. And we saw plus numbers for a lot of these movies for a total of $66.8 million. There definitely seemed to be some recovery from perhaps a depressed total last weekend due to the way that the Christmas Eve and Christmas fell and also due to the winter weather here in the United States. Puss in Boots The Last Wish also had a plus 35% in its second weekend for a $16.7 million total. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is having a resurgent holiday season. It's back up to number three, plus 38% for a $4.8 million total. I Want to Dance with Somebody dropped 16% in its second weekend for a total of $4 million estimated. Babylon, a distant fifth place, minus 28% in its second weekend for a $2.6 million total. It remains DOA at the box office. Violent Night stays in sixth place in its fifth week, a 40% drop at a $2.1 million total. The Whale in its fourth week adds 32% for a $1.3 million total. This is one of the few movies that actually did report finals for the three-day weekend. The Menu is an eighth spot, up one from last week. In its seventh week, a plus 64% from last weekend and a $1.1 million total. At number nine, Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. It goes up 38% in its eighth week for a total of just over $1 million. And Disney's Strange World remains in 10th place, plus 24% despite being available on Disney Plus for a total of just over half a million dollars. And for the first time in a long time, there's no changeover in that top 10. Let's look now at the estimated numbers, though, for the four day weekend. And again, we don't know what these final numbers are. These very well could go up, especially with Avatar. Generally, it's been exceeding its projected totals, but this is the projection for December 30th, 2022 to January 2nd, 2023 constituting Friday through Monday. Avatar The Way of Water projected right now with an $86.3 million total for that long weekend. Puss in Boots The Last Swish at $22.5 million. Black Panther Wakanda Forever at $6.5 million. I Want to Dance with Somebody at $4.8 million. Babylon at $3.3 million. 
Violent Night at 2.6 million, The Whale at 1.7 million, The Menu at 1.5 million, The Fablemans at 1.3 million, and Strange World at 713,000. So let's talk a little bit about Avatar first and foremost. And if you'll rewind a couple of weeks, I sat here on the show and I said, everybody that's saying that it's a flop or a disappointment, etc., based on its first three days, you don't understand how this market is working right now or how it always works around the holidays or how it's always worked around James Cameron movies. I said, after the third weekend, we're really going to know what Avatar is doing. And here we are after weekend three, and it is very evident that anyone who said that this movie was a disappointment or a flop based on its opening weekend looks pretty stupid right now because this movie is doing what most people who actually follow the box office and actually track what the box office does expected this movie to do, or at least wouldn't be surprised at what it's doing, which is that it has had great legs over the holiday season. It is building day over day and week after week after Christmas, which is exactly what a lot of the big holiday movies do, and that it was far too hasty to write any kind of story about this movie after its initial three-day weekend, because Avatar The Way of Water is turning out to be a massive hit, just like the first Avatar movie, just like just about every single James Cameron movie. And we're going to break into that a little bit more in just a second. But let's look at what this weekend at the box office looks like compared to the pre-pandemic era and then also 2021. And you can see that even though Avatar The Way of Water is doing well, the box office finishes far below both the average before the pandemic and where we were this time last year. So despite some singular bright spots, this was a very mixed year at the box office. We are very much still in recovery mode. And as I said I was going to do for 2023, which this upcoming box office weekend is the first weekend of 2023, I'm going to take the numbers from 2021 and 2022 average those and those kind of become a post-pandemic average in the way that we have that 2015 to 2019 line for the pre-pandemic average. I know not everybody wants me to do it that way, but it's the way I'm going to do it. And just so you know what that graph looks like, these are the numbers when you look at the 2021 and 2022 numbers together. A very, very depressed box office you can see compared to where we were pre-pandemic, you can see the summer box office is basically kind of reaching the lower points of where the summer box office used to be. And then at the end of the year, some places where we're very close, Spider-Man No Way Home and Avatar are helping those lines at the end of the year. And as we get into October, November, also a few of the bigger movies helping us to approach where we were pre-pandemic. But you can see we are still not in any way even exceeding the average of 2015 to 2019. So this is going to be what we measure 2023's box office by as far as the trends, etc. And we will be tracking that week to week as we go through the year. So let's talk a little bit about this third weekend for Avatar The Way of Water. First of all, it was one of the best third weekends on the books. In fact, it was the third best third weekend gross domestically for any film following Star Wars The Force Awakens, which grossed $90.2 million, the first Avatar movie, which grossed $68.4 million, then we have Avatar The Way of Water at $66.8 million, Black Panther at $66.3 million, and Avengers Endgame at $63.2 million. It should probably be noted that that Disney now owns all of these properties. So uh, the more things change, the more things stay the same. So where do we think that this Avatar movie, the sequel, is going to settle out? Well, let's look first of all at its daily performance versus the first Avatar film. Now this is unadjusted for inflation because I'm not comparing their performance here. We're just gonna try to see where Avatar The Way of Water may be headed for its final domestic gross. And you can see that unadjusted for inflation, 
the Way of Water still maintains a fairly significant lead over the first Avatar film. It's approaching that $450 million mark. As you're watching this video, it has probably surpassed it. Keeping in mind that the first Avatar ended with about $760 million domestically. So if the Way of Water plays out the same as the first Avatar film, then it will probably end up around $800 million domestic. I'm not quite sure it's going to have the same staying power. I could be wrong. This is not a proclamation. This is just a prediction. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it is definitely going to exceed the domestic total for the first Avatar film, but it is on track to do so, and it'll be very interesting to watch as we go through the next days, weeks, and probably months if it continues to stay ahead of that original Avatar pace. When you look at it adjusted for inflation to compare the performance between the two films, you can see that it started out the way of water pacing ahead of the original Avatar, even when you adjust that money for inflation. But over time, the 2009 original has overtaken what its successor is doing. So if you adjust for inflation, the original Avatar film would be at around $500 million right now, whereas Avatar The Way of Water is at about $450 million. So no surprise really there that the first film was drawing more audience members in at this point, and that's kind of why I am hedging my bet on that $760 million total for The Way of Water. I think it's going to be less than that, maybe around $700 million, $675, $700 million. That could be completely wrong, but just looking at this and seeing that the original movie was outdrawing The Way of Water, basically, at this point in its run, I don't quite see that same total in the cards for The Way of Water. But by the way, it's going to make a lot of money. A lot of money. It needed to make a lot of money. It's going to make a lot of money. When we look at the 2022 domestic fall holiday box office, this may be the last time we look at this chart because I don't know how much adjustment is going to be done here. Avatar The Way of Water has surpassed Black Panther Wakanda Forever to become the highest grossing film released post Labor Day with a $444.4 million total. Black Panther Wakanda Forever drops down to number two. Black Adam Smile, Ticket to Paradise remain numbers three, four, and five. The Woman King remains number six. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, doing what a lot of movies do, which is to build on its opening, is at number seven now on the chart. Halloween Ends drops one spot to number eight. Violent Night moves up one spot to number nine. Lyle Lyle Crocodile drops two spots to number 10. And we lose Don't Worry Darling from the Fall Holiday Box Office Top 10. Looking at the domestic box office for 2022, there's really only one hurdle for Avatar to clear domestically, and that's Top Gun Maverick. If it does about what the original Avatar did, then this could be a competition. I still think that it's going to be the number two movie of the year domestically. There's another story worldwide that we'll talk about in just a moment. But Avatar The Way of Water jumps up six spots from last weekend to number two for 2022. So the number one film, Top Gun Maverick, was $718.7 million. Avatar The Way of Water, now number two, with $444.4 million. Black Panther Wakanda Forever drops down to three. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness drops down to four. Jurassic World Dominion drops down to five. Minions The Rise of Gru drops to six. The Batman drops to seven. Thor Love and Thunder drops to eight. And then Sonic the Hedgehog 2 stays at number nine. And Black Adam stays at number 10. Looking at the per theater averages for this past weekend, Avatar The Way of Water is tops $15,907 per theater in each. Each 
of its 4,202 theaters. That's pretty steady with where it was last weekend. A Man Called Otto is at number two, the latest Tom Hanks film, at $14,750 in four theaters, keeping in mind also these are based off of estimated numbers. Vicky Creeps in Corsage drops from the number one spot to number three, bringing in $10,000 per theater in three theaters. Broker is at number seven, $7,121 in four theaters. And then at number five is Living at $6,954 per theater in three theaters. Again, Bill Nye in this film, kind of a dark horse Oscar contender for best actor. One movie I'm surprised not to see here, and we talked about it a little bit last week, is Women Talking, which has a lot of awards season buzz. It would be the kind of movie you would expect to be a breakout hit. It's still in only a handful of theaters. The thought was, that maybe last weekend because of the ice particularly on the east coast that that depressed turnout but again we don't see it here in this per theater average top five in its second weekend we will see it in just a moment but it's something that was kind of surprising to me you did not see this sort of effort to make up for lost time with women talking and it doesn't even post a top five per theater average when you look at limited release films these were movies released in 1,000 theaters or fewer the whale remains tops in 623 theaters with $1.3 million. Empire of Light at number two with $130,000 in 300 theaters, still an underwhelming performance, both critically and financially for that film. EO's at number three, bringing in $60,000 in 44 theaters. A Man Called Otto, number four, bringing in $59,000 total in four theaters. And there you see Women Talking in its second week, eight theaters for a $45,000 total. Whether this translates to some dimming of that award season buzz for the movie, I don't quite know. But again, very surprising to me to not see a bigger interest in this film in its limited release opening. This is generally the kind of movie that does very well at the specialty box office. Looking at the top 10 grocers in limited release for 2022, it's the last weekend of the year, but there was some change toward the bottom of the list. Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery remains number one with its $15 million estimated total, followed by The Fablemans at number two, The Banshees of Sharon at number three, Brahmastra Part 1 Shiva at number four, BTS Permission to Dance at number five, KGF Chapter 2 at number six, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on at number seven terrifier two at number eight and then a new entrant at number nine is the whale which at an estimated total right now of 5.819 million dollars that's enough to bump orphan first kill down one spot to number 10 and pony and selvin part one off the list altogether i will get that final number final final number later this week and i will update you on the final results of this chart on next week's episode. Before we move on, I want to thank one of the sponsors of today's show, Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. It's time to buckle down after the holidays and really think about making better choices. I know that's certainly true for me. And AG1 is an easy and delicious choice when it comes to giving your body what it needs. I started taking AG1 a while back because I've been looking to support better gut health and an overall better me, and that's something I'm going to be doubling down toward even more in 2023. And during this cold and flu season, anything you can do to boost your body's immune system is a definite plus. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and more to help you start your day right. And taking it is super simple. I can either put a scoop right into a cup of water or mix it into a shake at home. Either way, it's a quick and tasty way for me to start the day off right and to make sure that I'm supporting not only my gut health, but my immune system, my recovery, my focus, and so much more. And 
Athletic Greens cares about the world. They're a climate-neutral certified company. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens also donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry right here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Dan. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Dan to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's turn our attention now to the international box office. So these are all markets outside of the United States and Canada and Avatar The Way of Water. What a shock. It was the number one movie in the world. It's actually doing better worldwide or internationally, I should say, than it is domestically. $186.7 million. Puss in Boots The Last Wish comes in at number two at $22.4 million, followed by Someday or One Day at $16.1 million. Better Man from China at $14.1 million. And I Want to Dance with Somebody at number five at $8.3 million. So when you take that international number, you combine it with the domestic number, we get what is a rough estimate here for the worldwide box office. And just like last weekend, Avatar The Way of Water is able to pocket another quarter billion dollars over a three-day span an estimated $250.1 million for December 30th to January 1st. Puss in Boots at number two with $38.7 million. Someday or One Way at number three with $16.1 million. Better Man at number four with $14.1 million. And I Want to Dance with Somebody at number five with $12.5 million. And when we look at the 2022 worldwide box office chart, Top Gun Maverick is actually going to be dethroned. Avatar The Way of Water is going to be the highest grossing film at the 2022 worldwide box office. It will pass Top Gun Maverick, if not today, then most likely tomorrow. And it is well on its way potentially to a $2 billion gross. Right now, Top Gun Maverick remains number one with $1.488 billion. Avatar The Way of Water has become just the third movie of 2022 to bypass $1 billion at the worldwide box office at $1.401 billion. Jurassic World Dominion slips one spot to number three at just over $1 billion. So Avatar went from a top five movie to now the second highest grossing movie worldwide of 2022 to soon the highest grossing movie worldwide of the year. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness drops down one spot to number four, and then Minions The Rise of Gru stays at number five. Black Panther Wakanda Forever stays at six. The Batman stays at seven. Thor Love and Thunder stays at eight. The Battle at Lake Changjin 2 stays at nine, and Moon Man stays at number 10. So as I mentioned, as great as The Way of Water is doing domestically, it's doing even better in international markets. Part of that is an increased box office take from China. Its initial opening weekend in China was severely depressed by COVID lockdowns. It has been able to to increase that take a little bit over the last week or two. So that has certainly helped its worldwide total. And like I said, I, I wasn't sure, quite frankly, if this was going to be a $2 billion movie, but it certainly does look to be headed in that direction. And again, it just kind of makes the people who proclaimed this movie a flop look really silly. And, and if I were going to suggest perhaps a New Year's resolution, it would be to please seek out people. And I'm not saying me particularly. I'm saying people in general, and this doesn't just relate to box office, 
who know what they're talking about. Because if you go and you look at the view counts and everything on the videos that after three days said that Avatar was a flop, they are way higher than the view counts on videos like this show and others who were saying, well, now wait a minute, you just have to wait and see what's going to happen because that's a lot more boring. But that's actually the reality of the situation. And I know that there are going to be some people who will continue to double down on this position that Avatar The Way of Water is a flop or a disappointment because that's the position that they've staked and that's the more attention-seeking position and you get that attention. There's a lot of bad analysis out there and the worst of it this year was maybe around Avatar The Way of Water because yes, it generates clicks, but it was garbage. It was garbage analysis. So please, as you're going out there, just try to practice some media literacy in the sense of seeking out people who know what they're talking about, who don't just do whatever the clickiest take is, or don't just do the take that seems to be the most attention-seeking, but people that are actually out there trying to give you good information. It's something that I try to do, and it's something that a lot of other channels try to do, and we are fighting for bandwidth alongside people who will say whatever it takes to get you to click on their videos, and you know what? it works. So my commitment to you is that in 2023, I'm going to continue to do my very best to give you informed box office analysis. And I hope that your commitment perhaps will be to continue to seek out people who are doing this in good faith and who actually want to start a productive conversation here and not just throw around whatever hot take is going to get that click today. So we are at the end of 2022, and before we transition to the streaming charts, I actually wanted to do a little bit of a year-end wrap-up. Some of these may change depending on how Avatar does in these next few weeks and months, but these are some basic statistics for 2022 box office-wise. Let's look first of all at what the top three opening weekends were domestically for the year. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness delivered the best opening of 2022 with $187.4 million. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, just behind with $181.3 million. Jurassic World Dominion delivered the third best opening of the year at $145 million. Thor Love and Thunder, number four, at $144.1 million. And Avatar The Way of Water squeaked in there right at the end and gave us the year's fifth best opening at $134.1 million. So you don't see Top Gun Maverick on this chart, but you're going to see it on another chart and one that is equally as important. When we look at the top worldwide weekends of 2022, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness also delivered the highest opening weekend worldwide with 452.2 million. Avatar The Way of Water just behind at number two with 441.7. Then Black Panther Wakanda Forever at 331.3 million. Jurassic World Dominion at 321.6 million. And Thor Love and Thunder at 303.1 million. Looking at per theater averages for the year, The Whale delivered the best per theater average of 2022, bringing in $60,000 per theater in six theaters when it opened back in December. Everything Everywhere All at Once had the second best per theater average of the year at $50,000 back in March, followed by The Banshees of Venice Sharon at $46,000 per theater back in October. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came in fourth place at $41,337, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever came in fifth place at $41,251, so a very close race between those two movies for numbers four and five. Let's look at the movies that had the best legs in 2022. And when I say legs, I mean you take the opening of the movie, you look at the final gross, how many times that opening did the movie do? It basically shows you 
how much staying power it had at the box office. And while Top Gun Maverick was a very impressive film, it did not have the best legs of 2022. Everything Everywhere All at Once actually did 11.2 times its opening weekend in wide release, not just its opening weekend in limited release, the bigger number, which was its wide release weekend. But Top Gun Maverick, there you go, it had a pretty good opening and still did 5.67 times its opening weekend. It was easily the biggest opening film on this list. Where the Crawdads Sing was a very leggy movie, 5.22 times its original opening. Then Elvis at number four with 4.84 times its opening. And Smile at number five, one of the big surprise films of the year, it did 4.69 times its opening weekend. So these are all movies that generally had good word of mouth. Accepting Smile, these are also movies that tended to skew a little bit older. So you had audiences that were going a little bit later, perhaps after opening weekend. And a lot of people going to see these movies more than once, particularly Top Gun Maverick. Let's look now at the biggest return on budget. So this is basically how much did you make the movie for and how many times that budget did the film generate? Now these are in worldwide grosses. And the movie that had the biggest return on budget is one that you may not have heard, but it did open in wide release. And that was my only criteria for making this list. Terrifier 2, we talked about this on the show for several weeks earlier this year. Worldwide, it brought in 45.2 times its budget. A pretty big success story for that film. One of those movies that kind of came out of nowhere. Then we have X. X brought in 15.1 times its budget. It wasn't a huge box office hit, but it also wasn't a very expensive movie. Smile bringing in 12.7 times its budget. So not only was it one of the leggiest movies of the year, it was also one of the most successful when you talk about the return on investment. Minions The Rise of Gru, probably the biggest movie on this list, but also for animation especially, very inexpensively produced. It brought in 11.7 times its budget. And then The Black Phone in number five, bringing in 10.1 times its budget. So four out of these five films are horror movies, and you see now why so many horror movies are made. Because if you hit, you can bring back 5, 10, 15, 20 times or more your budget with that box office success. We'll keep going in just a few moments, but first, I want to thank another one of our sponsors this week, Mint Mobile. You have given the holiday gifts, but now it's time to pay for them. I know my credit card bill is looking nasty, but you don't have to look too far to find some savings because this year and every year, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. For a limited time, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. And when I say limited time, there's less than two weeks left to get this deal. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Mint Mobile was a great deal even before this special offer, and I've been enjoying great service at a fraction of the cost that I was paying before. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So for a limited time, less than two weeks left, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com merle. That's mintmobile.com slash Merle. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and don't miss this deal at mintmobile.com slash Merle. 
This is the part of the show where I like to take a look at a weekend in box office history, but I also like to pay tribute to people that have passed away who leave a legacy in the world of entertainment or just the world in general. And one person whose impact was perhaps not as felt in the entertainment industry, but certainly was felt worldwide, was Pele, who passed away just a few days ago, considered by many to be the greatest football slash soccer star of all time. He was a three-time World Cup winner of course the world cup this year just wrapped up and he also dipped his toes into hollywood movie making including in john houston's victory co-starring sylvester stallone and michael Caine. he ended his career playing in the united states for the new york cosmos and i will say that even back in the 80s and 90s when i was growing up when soccer slash football but we call it soccer was something that was played you know in neighborhood sports leagues but certainly did not have the reach in the united states that it has now Even then, every kid in the United States knew who Pele was. I think just about everybody in the world knew who Pele was. He's one of those people that was a genuine global icon. Even if you weren't a soccer fan, you knew who he was, just like you knew who Michael Jordan was, even if you didn't follow basketball. Of course, there are countless people who have shown up to pay their respects to Pele already in Brazil. A beloved man and a beloved figure on and off the pitch. I also wanted to take a moment to recognize the passing of Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters, one of the most prolific and significant broadcasters of the 20th century, many times controversial for her choice of questions, for her approach in interviews, but also somebody who at her peak could bring in tens of millions of viewers by interviewing everybody from Fidel Castro to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She was certainly a fixture in my house growing up on ABC Friday nights on 2020, and of course she was prolifically parodied as well on Saturday Night Live for decades, including Gilda Radner's character Baba Wawa back in the 1970s. Younger people may not quite understand just how much of a part of everyday life Barbara Walters was because in her older years, she was generally on The View. She scaled back her interviews, but she was one of those people that was beamed into just about everybody's living room, especially during the heyday of network broadcast television. And lover or hater, you cannot deny her impact on the world of broadcasting. So two icons who have passed away, Pele and Barbara Walters, in addition to so many others this year. Of course, as always, my condolences to their friends, families, and fans. Let's look back now at a weekend in box office history, and we're going to go back to one of the other few times, it doesn't happen very often, that the last weekend of the year actually fell over December 30th through January 1st. So basically, it bisected the new year. And we're going back to December 30th, 2011, to January 1st, 2012, so over a decade ago. That week saw Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol keeping the number one spot, almost losing zero business from the previous weekend, a 0.5% drop. So again, much like we saw with Avatar and the other films, this weekend, traditionally, movies will keep or barely lose business. Number one with $29.4 million. Behind that was Sherlock. Holmes, A Game of Shadows, the sequel starring Robert Downey Jr., which added 3% to its box office take from the previous week at $20.8 million. Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked, picked up an impressive 30.1% in its third weekend, in third place for $16.3 million. Then the American remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, starring Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara. It would translate into an Academy Award nomination for Rooney Mara, but no sequel. They would not continue David Fincher's take 
on the best-selling novels. In week two, it picked up 16.1% for a $14.8 million total. And in fifth place was Steven Spielberg's War Horse, an impressive 91.9% increase in week two with $14.4 million as it began to embark on an award season push. Of course, you know what we like to do on the show? We don't just report the grosses. We also push the inflation button to see what these grosses look like today. So when we push that button, we see that nearly every film in this top five would have been above or just at $20 million. Pretty impressive. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol adjusted for inflation. Its total would have been $38.9 million, followed by $27.6 million for Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, $21.6 million for Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked, $19.6 million for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and $19 million for War Horse. Five movies in the top five with grosses at or above $20 million. Yeah, there's a lot of studio executives right now that would give, well, a lot to see those numbers again. Before we go, let's take an abbreviated look at the world of streaming because I did a double show basically last week, at least when it came to the Netflix numbers. I don't have new Netflix numbers to report, and Nielsen did not put their numbers out today because of the long weekend, so I don't have new Nielsen numbers report, but I can tell you what people are watching on the iTunes charts, what they're buying and renting in the iTunes store. Knives Out remains at the top of the chart, followed by Top Gun Maverick, The Woman King, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, and Triangle of Sad. The Fablemans is at number 6, followed by Violent Night at number 7, Avatar at number 8, and then returning to the chart is Ticket to Paradise, available for purchase at number 9, and then a Pirates of the Caribbean 5 movie collection for $20, available for purchase at number 10. As I mentioned, I don't have new Netflix numbers for you, so I will bring you those last numbers of 2022 next week. But I do have some stats for the year when it comes to the viewership for Netflix. Let's look first of all at the top 10 debut weeks in 2022 by hours watched for Netflix programming. And you see that Wednesday season one had the best debut by hours watched of any program on Netflix in 2022. A massive 341.2 million hours watched in its first debut week, which was really only about three days, I think, based off of when it was actually released. It actually did bigger numbers than Stranger Things 4, which brought in 286.7 million hours watched. Dahmer Monster was at number three with 196.2 million hours, followed by Bridgerton Season 2 with 193 million way back at the beginning of the year. The Watcher Season 1 at number five with 125 million hours. All of Us Are Dead Season 1 at 124.7 million hours. I really liked that show. I did my review. Not many people seemed interested in the review, but I enjoyed watching it uh, again early in the year. The Umbrella Academy Season 3 at number 7 with 124.5 million. A recent entrant, Emily in Paris Season 3 at 117.6 million over its debut week. The Lincoln Lawyer Season 1 at number 9 with just over 108 million hours. And then at number 10, The Crown Season 5 at just over 107.3. 3 million. Now, of course, those are all Netflix series because series are longer and they generate more hours watched. So we also do my global Merle metric and generate the PFV number, PFV meaning potential finished views. And it basically is a way to sort of offset the length of a series versus a movie to see just how much people are at least watching enough to perhaps have completed all of these Netflix programs. And one thing that's constant is that Wednesday, by just the tiniest margin, had the best debut also of 2022 by PFV, by the number of Netflix users who could have potentially 
finished viewing the series. Wednesday season one is at number one with a PFV of 52.3, just above Ryan Reynolds' The Atom Project, at number two with a PFV of 52.2. Then the Netflix movie Troll, which was a big latecomer when it comes to this chart, a PFV of 44.4. Hustle, starring Adam Sandler, was at number four with a PFV of 42.9, followed by 365 Days This Day at number five with a PFV of 42.2. The Gray Man at number six with a PFV of 41.2. Another new entrant, Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery at number seven with a PFE of 35.6. Me Time at number eight with a PFE of 34.2. The Netflix movie, The Good Nurse at number nine with a PFE of 33.3. And the Netflix movie, The School for Good and Evil at number 10 with a PFE of 31.8. So you can see all of this top 10 except for Wednesday all Netflix movies. And again, it just goes to show you how many people were watching Wednesday season one. It is still generating historically high ratings for Netflix. And in a year that saw the release of Stranger Things 4, where most people, including myself, would have said, well, that's going to be the most watched Netflix show of the year. In comes Wednesday season one at the end of the year to surprise everybody. So that wraps up charts for this week. Coming out this weekend, there is one movie hitting wide release. It's a movie that a lot of people said, well, why didn't you include this in your 2023 preview, which came out earlier last week? And it's because I didn't really think that a movie coming out less than a week after a preview really needed to be previewed. But it is hotly anticipated by a lot of people, and that is Megan, which has been, or M3GAN, or whatever you want to call it, which has been generating a lot of buzz from its initial trailer. I will be reviewing this movie later in the week, and I look forward to seeing it, because it looks absolutely bananas. Among the titles hitting streaming this week are Season 2 of Star Wars The Bad Batch, which hits Disney Plus on Wednesday. Copenhagen Cowboy, which is a show from Nicholas Winding Refn, is coming out on Thursday, January 5th, along with Jenny and Georgia Season 2, also on Netflix. We'll see if it goes as viral as the previous season did. And hitting Netflix this Friday after a limited run in theaters is the Christian Bale film The Pale Blue Eye, which is also related to Edgar Allan Poe. I have not seen the pale blue eye but i've heard some good things so i might be trying to check that out thank you all so much for watching this show i will be back next week in studio where i continue to talk about avatar the way of water is it going to be dethroned by megan the weird girl protector robot we'll just have to wait and find out thank you as always of course to my partner here on the show carbon health thank you to my sponsors mint mobile and athletic greens the makers of ag1 you can find all of that information down in the description below but most of all Thank you for spending your time here as we enter the new year. I'll be back tomorrow with a very special video to celebrate my birthday. I'm going to be listing some movies that mean an awful lot to me, and I hope you'll join me on that journey. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.